Hello everyone and welcome to the Questioning Pornography podcast. This is your host Lily and today I'm joined by two people whom I'm very pleased to have on with me. The first, as I promised last episode, is Mr. John Carr, who is one of the world's leading authorities and experts on child online safety. We're very grateful for him coming here to share his expertise with us. And the second person I have with me is my friend Alexander. Some of you may recognize Alexander from previous episodes. He pops in from time to time to help me with this podcast. So Alexander and Mr. Carr, thank you to both of you for being here for this episode. Pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so our conversation today is going to be all about possible technological and legislative solutions for the problem of kids having unfettered access to hardcore internet porn. And in particular, we'll be focusing on age verification technology and how that could be used to hopefully prevent children from being able to access pornography sites. So Mr. Carr is here representing our expert on age verification and Alexander is representing our skeptic. Now to clarify, Alexander absolutely agrees that pornography is harmful to children and that we need to do something to protect them from that. That's something that all of us on this call can agree to. But Alexander isn't really convinced that standard approaches to age verification legislation will really be effective in protecting the majority of children. So in this episode, he'll be posing all his questions and concerns to Mr. Carr, and we'll see if we can find good solutions for these concerns. Now, to start the conversation off, I'm going to be handing the reins over to Alexander for the majority of this conversation, but I thought it would be good to start off by having us look at what is probably the most common talking point for arguing that age verification for online porn can absolutely be effective. And that is the talking point that age verification has already been effective for other industries, like online gambling, for example. In the UK, which is where Mr. Carr comes from, legislation was passed years ago which required gambling websites to verify the age of their users before admitting access. And over the years, the solution has been very effective in keeping children out of these sites. So I've heard Mr. Carr and pretty much everyone I've heard talk about this issue argue that if age verification works for online gambling, then it can work for pornography. But Alexander isn't really convinced by that. So Alexander, if you could start off by explaining why you find that argument unconvincing and Mr. Carr can respond. And then after that, feel free to have a free flowing conversation. I won't get in your way too much. Yeah, so I have a question about, I guess it's a question about analogies. There's the analogy to online gambling, which I've, I've done, I know what that's like. Um, the one place I see that analogy break down a little bit is when you go on, onto an on online gambling website, you're entering into a financial relationship and you actually have as a user extremely high incentive to use your real identity because when you go on there, you're expecting hopefully to win money and then get back money. So I've, I've won money on web on gambling websites. I've lost money. So I know that if I ever faked anything or did anything that I wouldn't be able to cash out almost all of them now. And I've done this recently. They will require you to like send a little photograph of your ID in order to get the money back. They don't they don't require it to deposit money. But in order to in order to withdraw money, you have to send them a little photograph of your ID. And that's when the real identity verification, not just age verification, comes into place. They actually want to verify your identity. Um, so that no, no, to me you are absolutely 
yeah. you're absolutely right. I mean, there is, that is a key difference. And in fact, I'm going to help you a little bit more because it's, it's, it's also the case that legally, because of the money laundering rules that we have in, in the United Kingdom, and in fact, every European country has, you are obliged to do exactly what you've just described you, you doing in, in Canada. You cannot go onto a gambling website uh, without proving your identity, not just your, not just your age, mm -hmm. but including your mm -hmm. age. And it's to deal with money laundering, because it's well known that uh, gangsters and so on have laundered money through, through, uh, through, through gambling operations. My point is, yeah. however, that the technology works, right? The question right. of incentives is a different one. Uh, but the technology works and there can't really be any argument about that because it's been proven to work over many years now, 14 years now in the work, in the field of online gambling. Mm -hmm. I'm actually not that skeptical. I think there are difficulties um, in, in implementation, but I, I think that you could block a, a website like Pornhub you could block, you know, the major, you could block a few of them, or, or I don't know how many you, you'd expect. I, I've heard you say something about like all the big ones or something like that. Yeah. Um, all the significant ones, maybe it was. I don't know how many that is, say it's a few dozen or something, but what is to prevent? So if I'm a kid, I'm really interested in thinking about the, the actual stories of how this happens. So if I'm a child and I want to go to Pornhub and then I'm living in a certain country and I find it's blocked, I I go to Google. I go to Google and I type in porn, click the click the word videos, and it'll list me hundreds of thousands of different websites, and I can just find one that is unblocked. So what what does this age verification do to prevent that? Yeah, we did a study in the United Kingdom, and we found that fifty pornography sites accounted for something like I think it was eighty percent or eighty five percent of all of the porn that everybody in Britain was viewing. Right. So in other words, if you simply addressed that those 50 websites and you could do that it's a relatively small number you could do that relatively quickly uh you would be dealing straight away with the vast bulk of porn that was being viewed in the united kingdom but it would leave you're absolutely right it would leave that penumbra that uh, other a larger number of smaller sites but you would get them one by one and just to be clear therefore nobody has ever argued or nobody with any wit has ever argued that introducing age verification solves every problem all of the time. What it does do uh, is it absolutely solves the problem of the biggest porn publishers being able to publish their stuff for anybody and everybody to see just at the click of a mouse. And just to anticipate a question that I know you're going to ask me, what <laughs> about VPNs? What about workarounds? What about all of the and the Google point that you make. I mean, there are, this isn't going to solve every problem. We've never claimed it solves every problem. But you know what? Just think about the eight year old girl, the nine year old girl, or the eight year old boy, or nine year old boy, whatever it is. The first time they see anything to do with sex is some gangbang with a woman being strangled as part of so called lovemaking. I mean, just think about the, I mean, just think about the impact that has potentially at any rate, on actually not just a child, <laughs> any decent human being. And the will, you will not find an eight-year-old or a nine-year-old logging onto a VPN. Mm -hmm. You will not find younger kids 
using these supposed workarounds. You know, the free speech lobby and people who are against what we're doing, they say, oh, yeah, but there are ways of breaking it. The thing is, in the techie world, unless something works 100% of the time, always and securely and reliably, they say it's broken. But that's, that is not how it works in real life. Um, and I don't... And by the way, another thing, sorry, sorry if this sounds a bit jumbled. Our, our telecoms regulator in the United Kingdom, Ofcom, has done studies asking kids or testing the extent to which kids actually do engage with workarounds. And a lot of kids will say, oh, yeah, I know how to get around this filter. I know how to get around that thing. I've got a workaround. I can defeat that stupid attempt by the school or my parents to block me doing this, that or the other. But actually... Uh, what we found was whilst uh, I think it was something like 8% of kids said they could do it, only 1% of kids actually did it. So there's a little bit of bravado, I think, in kids claiming that they know how to beat these systems. The truth is very, very few kids actually do. And it's for a very good reason. They know it's wrong. I mean, if you're a kid and you, you're, you, you're in your bedroom with a, a, a laptop, and your mum walks in and you've got hardcore porn on the screen, you could say once, oh, that's an accident. I don't know how that happened, mum. I'm really <laughs> sorry about that. But you couldn't do it twice, right? <laughs> so they know they're not supposed to do it, and the great majority of kids will therefore not do it. Some won't, and I'm sorry about that, but that is not a reason for addressing the great bulk of kids who will comply. Yeah. I, I... Yeah, I, th I think I agree with you for the most part, like in the status quo right now, is the VPN a, a defeating argument for age verification? I don't think it is. I do think that as soon as a country, like once the U if the UK were to successfully implement this, kids would learn how to use VPNs at a quite rapid rate over yeah. time and over like a, a decade or something, it would be much more common even than it already is. But to go back to the the Google thing, I, and which is not a techie solution, which is a very basic function of the internet. It's actually something that we want to teach our kids how to Google and solve their own problems. Like that's a really good thing and do their own research, right? So I think the response to that particular point was to block them one at a time. I, I did a quick search um, and I saw that there's an estimated 1.3 million porn websites. That was, but well, that was from 2003. And then I saw a more recent figure from 2016 that said there's over four or five million websites. So conservative, conservatively, I think we could say there's at least like six to seven million porn websites on the internet right now, all of which Google indexes. And so if a, if a, if a kid with the least amount of motivation to want to watch porn, which I, which I imagine is most of them, if they're going to Pornhub and being like, oh, darn, I'm, I'm blocked by age verification, they have a little bit of motivation that they want to see porn. So they're going to go to Google and type in a, whatever kind of porn they want to see and just, you know, go to Google yeah. images or go, Google, go to Google video or just go through the results and look at the different URLs. This is not a techie solution. Yeah. Look at the different URLs and like find one that is a little bit niche that is, yeah. you know, like I said, there's six to seven million of them out there. I don't know how much manpower it would take to block those, but I imagine it's not something that could be done. And also you think about if there's six to seven that exist and that's all created in the last 40 years there's hundreds being created every single day yeah and that's even be that's before the economic incentive of like people making new ones to get around the block so there's like that to me seems like a that's where i'm like how can the how could they really stop and and then there's also going to be websites that like 
index the ones that are not blocked of which there, there are going to be many so yeah it's, it's really the, the it's really the search engine problem that i'm more worried about because that is the most basic function of the internet is to search something on google and yeah. and kids can do that well yeah okay uh that's a good point <clears throat> and i'm glad i've got a good answer okay, good. um <laughs> So there, and there are two bits to this. First of all, uh, as we understand it, uh, Google is already or is ceasing to index adult content in general uh, in the general browser. So unless you're logged in as an adult on your in your browser, you won't be able to access some of those sites. Uh, I'm not quite sure if that's working in Canada, but that's uh, that's how it's working over here. And if it isn't working over here. Yet it will be doing soon. So that's one thing. The search engines themselves will take a, a role in relation to restricting access to uh, porn sites that are not compliant. And second, an even more powerful um, argument is what MasterCard did with Pornhub. If MasterCard have made it clear repeatedly, and the other payments, uh, some of the other payment companies, companies have said the same thing. If they find any site that is not compliant with our law, UK law, that is in this case, they will withdraw payment facilities from that, that, that site. So they won't, be, and that would apply worldwide. Okay. So if you remember with Pornhub, when they were found to have all of that um, non consensual porn on there, or I think, and child, some of it was child sex abuse material, they got rid of it within. 36 hours mm -hmm. because MasterCard said, if you don't do that, we will pull the facilities from you. And by the way, the law that we had in the UK and which we will get again, um, uh, didn't just apply to payment companies. It also applied to advertising agencies and ancillary service providers. So web hosting companies and uh, actually even applies to um, domain registrars and registries and so on. Anybody who is providing a service to a non-compliant site will be required to withdraw those facilities. And in fact, MasterCard has basically said, we'll just do it, right? It's not We don't have to be required to do it. If we find out that somebody is using our payment services to collect revenues, and the same applies with advertising agencies as well, if they're non-compliant, we will pull them. Now, your point about the tens of millions of porn sites, I think what you'll find is that even though there are large numbers of them, many of them are link linked to a relatively small number of commercial operators. And it's those are the ones that we go after. Will we get every porn site? No, we won't. Uh, will we get the vast majority of them? I believe we will. Yeah, what percentage? I do. I think it's a, it's a large percent. Yeah, MindGeek owns, you know, a bunch of the, the top ones. And but I, you know, it's the same, it's kind of the same thing as happens in any industry. If you take out the the key players. So if, if any person in the world from Pakistan to Australia can open up a new site, it doesn't take very long. They can create them indefinitely. So for example, the government is trying to block online streaming, Ill illegal online streams of, of sporting events, totally, totally ineffective at doing that. You can stream online sports illegally and there's nothing anyone can do to stop it because there's so many you know there's like proxy technology where you can get copies of these websites and they they pop up faster than anyone can deal with them 
same with torrenting sites, which also is another way to get around any internet blocks because you can download pornography through torrenting. There was like the Pirate Bay is a famous torrent site that was raided by police in Sweden, but the site still exists because they they're just powerless to stop the the economic incentive of these these people who will provide this. It's the same as the drug trade in, in America, right? The war on drugs in America was this big thing. They made this big deal. We're going to fight a war on drugs and drugs won. Drugs won that war. America mm-hmm. has lost that war on drugs. And it's because drugs, which I think is the same as any kind of motivated kid who's aroused, right? When he goes to Pornhub, he's, he's aroused. He's a highly motivated consumer of this yeah. thing. Same as a drug user. They're, they're, they're really driven to this thing. It's human desire that you're fighting ultimately. And America is losing the war on drugs because anytime you take out a drug dealer, a new one comes in because he wants to make money and the drug users themselves are just legion. There's just unlimited amount of, and we know that young boys consume pornography, like not over 90% of young boys consume pornography. There's just so much demand for it that Anytime you try to choke the supply, there's going to be new demand by small players who are going to try to make money through just through advertising. Well, yeah. Well, for, <clears throat> first of all, let's be clear. We're not saying some people wish we did, but we have never said there should be no pornography on the Internet. This has always and only ever been a child protection policy. And I'm poor. Right. I work way, with yeah. children's organizations, not, not with not with um, wider campaign groups. I mean, obviously we cooperate with them, but we've kept a very narrow and specific focus on keeping kids out. And actually when you speak to any porn publisher, they say they agree with us. A friend, a colleague of mine was in the porn industry thing in Vegas a couple of weeks ago. He didn't meet a single porn company there who said they were against age verification. They don't want kids on their sites. So they're ready to go. I mean, that was one of the frustrations about what happened in the United Kingdom. All of the porn companies were ready with their systems to introduce it. Because, uh, you know, there I know there are some very bad and evil people in, the, in, in, that, in that business, but there's a lot of people in the porn industry, to my surprise, who have exactly the same view of me. They don't think kids should be there. And if this is a way of keeping them out, they will. So this is not, there isn't an incentive on the part of adults to avoid these systems, as long as they accept and understand there is a greater purpose to it and that their privacy is guaranteed, they can carry on as before getting their porn. So the only question is the efficacy of it in relation to younger people. And I think large swathes of the the porn publishing world, perhaps not every single publisher in Uzbekistan or uh, wherever it might be, but the large swathes of them will get the, the the legal and moral hazard associated with publishing porn without AV in it. And the AV technology is becoming more and more efficient and cheaper and cheaper to introduce. So fewer and fewer of them will have a reason not to do it and at least give it a go. And we'll see. Mm. I mean, there are always alibis for inaction. Mm. You can always find a reason not to do something, mm. right? The internet is meant to be about innovation. It's about trying something new. This is new. We think it can work. It works for gambling. Can we make it work for porn? I think we can. We'll see if I'm right or wrong. Right. But let's try. <laughs> I, I totally agree with the effort to to yeah protect children from seeing inner pornography. Absolutely. I, I, I guess my only reason to really levy the skepticism that I feel as somebody who's you know, I grew up with the internet and used pornography when I was younger. 
and yeah. I wish I hadn't. So I, I totally agree with what you're trying to do. And I'm glad to be, I'm so glad to be free of it now. And I know I'm lucky because I didn't find it as young as many, many other kids do. So I, I'm, I really agree with the intentions. Um, and I only want to like, yeah, I mean, I just feel like there's a reason why you can't, there, you can't stop illegal pirating. You can't stop illegal streaming of sports websites. Like that's blatantly illegal for everyone. And the government, like they, the government can't even do anything about that because there just are unlimited. I know dozens of sites where you can go and find illegal streams of sports and they're just all out there, including big events, you know? And yeah, but they're getting, they are getting better at better at finding them quickly and, and, and closing them down. I mean, when I, I'm a great football uh, fan, I mean, soccer, you would call it, I suppose. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and when I've traveled abroad, I've occasionally, I'm ashamed to admit it. I've occasionally logged onto a VPN mm -hmm. to pretend I'm in England so I can watch my soccer match. Right. Not anymore, because the BBC has got a system that detects VPNs, right. and it just shuts me off. So yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I am confident that the technology will get better, and we will find a way of dealing. You're right. I'm not disputing what you've just said about any of that stuff. I just think we'll get better. We have to start, as Chairman Mao said. The journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. This is the single step. Yeah, and I've heard you also say that the rules are fundamentally about making normative statements. And some laws, some laws may not be effective, but it does make an impact to inform your citizens what you what stance it you're does. kind of taking. So I, I do definitely agree with that. Um, and I I wish I was more hopeful. And I do think I do think to 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 actually have a, a real effect, you are going to have to have some sort of cooperation with the search engines because that that's yeah. Like, I I always I often hear the phrase kids stumbling upon pornography and uh, and I think about what does that actually mean? Where does that actually take place? Like no kid accidentally types in pornhub.com. There it's either through you know social media. Or if a kid or if a young boy searches like hot girl on Google and some of the results yeah. are pornographic, that that constitutes probably one of the most common cases of stumbling on yeah. stumbling on pornography. You know, they don't know they're, they're they're young and they're, they know they're attracted to yeah. scantily clad women, but they don't really know why. And then it becomes something so much more than what they were seeking. Um, and so I really do think that the faceplate of the internet are these search engines and you're going to have to get the, get the cooperation of them somehow. Um, and I, I, and I think we will. Yeah. I think we will. Yeah, I do. But you're right. I agree. I mean, as I said, this is uh, nobody's done it before. We're having a go. France has done it. Poland is on the edge of doing it. Philippines right. has done it. South Africa's doing it. This is, this is not just a quirky thing that we thought up of, in the United Kingdom, although we did do it first, but I'm very happy to see that lots of other countries are trying it as well. And with a, with with this effort, um, I think we will succeed. But and, but thank you for reminding me about that a very important point. This is a normative statement that we're making. It is not okay for you to publish porn that kids can see. It's not okay. It's socially unacceptable. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that message is going around the world. And governments, by passing laws, are helping to reinforce and project that message. Could I jump yeah. in here? Oh, sorry. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'll, I'll just, I was just going to agree with John that... Go ahead. That 
that's that was the status quo before the internet right like every video shop didn't rent pornography to kids it it, that was the status quo and some somehow the status quo shifted without anyone really deciding that it it ought to but uh, yeah correct yeah this is so interesting so far and i'm just wondering if because we've kind of landed on a point that okay you're not going to block everyone by blocking the major porn sites, but you will block, you know, some potentially. And I wonder if we could kind of redirect the conversation towards where's the best place to start with age verification? Is it the mo? Is it by blocking the major porn sites? Is it with working with the search engines? Is that going to be overall more effective? Is it maybe with working with social media, as we vaguely mentioned, because that's also where kids stumble yeah. on porn? So I guess my question would be, like, if we had to, like, What's the yeah. best first step? You know, we mentioned taking like a, a journey of a thousand miles starts one step. What's the best first step? Where do we work with first? Yeah, in my opinion, it's clear. You have to start with the people who are actually put, putting the pornography out there in the first place. Because if they weren't doing it, the problem wouldn't exist or it would be substantially different and smaller than it is. But it also must include social media. And if there was one criticism that was made of the British law that we passed in 2017, it didn't include social media sites. It limited itself only to commercial pornography sites. The new law, which is coming through or will be coming through our parliament uh, later this year, includes social media sites. And without question, that's where you have to start because then once you've got a regime in place with laws backing it up, you're in a much stronger position to say to the search engines, who are vitally important, no question. Look, we have laws that say you have to have age verification in place. So in the same way as we do with child sex abuse images or child pornography, as as it's called in in the United States, uh, you shouldn't be allowing access to it if it's not legal. And that is not legal. Now, you know, your point about sites, some sites will ignore that and there'll be workarounds. That's true. But let's go that way and reduce it to simply a bunch of cowboy legal operators. That's not the position we're in at the moment. Everything that Pornhub is doing, MindGeek is doing, is perfectly legal. We need to change that parameter first. Yeah. It, I I take your point about you do it with the porn sites first, and then maybe that helps give you ammunition to go after Google and the other search engines. I do think that that is where the meat of the good can be done because there there's so fewer of them, right? Like how many social media websites are there? I don't know, like five or six. I mean, I, I mean, there's, there are probably, there are probably many, but if you have an Instagram account, you're not going to go to the really niche ones. Whereas if you go to Pornhub regularly, you don't like have an identity on Pornhub necessarily right. to be a heavy user. Whereas on Instagram, you can't, you do. So yeah. if, you know, in the same way that if Amazon was blocked in a country, they would still order books. I think if Pornhub is blocked in a country, people are just going to be like, go to Google and be like, unblocked sites, unblocked porn sites, UK. And they're going to come up with results because there's going to be. Well, they may not be able to use a UK credit card or a UK banker's card or or something of that if they want to do if they want to down pay for something or buy something. So, yeah, I mean. I'm not. I'm not disputing that there are there are bumps in the road, curves we're going to have to negotiate, but you have to, and you're not going to get everything right, hundred percent first time. Mm-hmm. But you have to start somewhere, 
and this is where we're starting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you think there's any risk of over-promising? Because if you were to put in something like this in a country and then there were studies done and it was found to be extremely ineffective and then that yeah. is almost kind of laughed at as an as an attempt. Do you think there's any liability there? Well, there's a there's always a risk of failure. No question about that. That's true with every technology project. And I have managed quite a few over the years, some of which have absolutely failed. Mm. Nothing, nothing like this on this scale. Mm. That's part of the risk of being in the tech business. Not everything works. Uh, but you, first of all, you've got to want to make it work. And the problem up to uh, of and, and feel incentivized in some way to make it work. The problem up to now has been nobody's really had an incentive. Pornhub's never had an incentive to introduce uh, age verification. On the contrary, like with our gambling sites in the United Kingdom, none of them would do anything until everybody had to do the same thing at the same time. Right. Because if you were the first to introduce age verification or introduce any, anything that interrupted the smooth onboarding process, to use the, the jargon, uh, your, your customers will just go elsewhere. So ev the law has to come in and apply to everybody at the same time. And and we'll see. And if, you know, I'm quite willing to live with the embarrassment if it if it doesn't work, but I think it will work. And I'm not the only one who thinks it work will work. I think the, the porn industry believe it will work as well. They've spent a lot of money uh, to get ready for it. They know that they know that this couldn't go on indefinitely. They knew sooner or later somebody would call time on what they were doing. Every, every major democracy in the world is now looking at regulating the internet. Why? Because the early promise has been great, but there are some things that are not acceptable anymore, and this is one of them. So we have to find a way of dealing with it. We cannot accept a situation in a, in a, in a democracy where the vast majority of people want one thing <laughs> but the tech companies simply refuse to do it, even when the parliamentarians and even when our governments are elected on a promise to do it. In the end, that is, in the long run, that is not sustainable. We are not governed by Silicon Valley. We are governed by the people we elect in Westminster or you elect to Ottawa, right? That has to be uh, a possible, there has to be a way found to make that work. And the tech industry understand that. Because if they don't do it, they'll get they'll get much harsher attacks and much harsher criticism uh, from governments in the future. Because no democratic government can stand aside forever and ignore the wishes of the of its electorate. And there's no question the overwhelming majority of the British electorate, and I'm sure it's true in Canada, don't want kids looking at porn. Mm -hmm. I have I have a que I have a question. Um... So you're on a lot of councils and you you deal with a lot of people involved in this work. Yep. Is there any thoughts of like alternative solutions such as phone companies having to have a default filter on their phone that has to be turned off by by them? You know, have to call it. We already have that. Okay. In the UK, uh, a lot of people are surprised to know this, but um, in the United Kingdom, if you get a new telephone well if you get a new sim card technically because mm. that's the account mm -hmm. yeah uh the device itself is just the vehicle for carrying it um if you get a new sim card it is assumed you are a child yeah mm -hmm. what that means is when you put that sim card 
into um, a device for the first time. You will not be able to access porn, gambling, any alcohol-related sites, tobacco, firearms, and a whole range of other things. You can go through an age verification process and get that adult bar lifted, but unless and until you do, uh, the SIM card will be, in effect, restricted. And that situation, in principle, has been in operation since the 1st of January 2005, although it was a bit lumpy and a bit uneven uh, for the first few years, but it's working reasonably well now. That's great. Yeah, because I I remember I was really surprised to learn that something like 60 to 70% of YouTube videos, period, are watched on mobile. So more people are using their phones than anything, than any kind of laptop or computer or anything. And I imagine yeah. with pornography, it's even higher because if you want to view pornography, you might be going to the bathroom or, you know, yeah. you, you might not want to do it in your room as a young child. True. So I feel like that the phone or the tablet or, or these kind of devices as a as a gateway to the internet if there can be some moderation on that point rather than on the website point or both yeah it, I, it's interesting for me to think about because obviously there's a generation gap right the internet was normalized i don't know late 90s where i don't know when the when the tipping point was where you could where it really became a staple of of everybody's life but say it was in the 90s and so you're now having kids who grew up with the internet and with internet pornography becoming parents at a, at a greater rate. And I imagine that there's, as that continues to happen, there's going to be some way of, because they're much more in touch with what internet pornography is like than their parents were because they just didn't grow up with it. Um, Correct. And so I'm wondering if enabling those parents in many ways through ISPs, through device control, give you know educating those parents or, or reminding them hey remember you grew up with the internet do you want your kid to go through the same experience and I, I imagine a lot of them will say probably not so you know reminding them of that educating them and then enabling them to control their devices whether it's yeah through a wi-fi block or a device level or isp level there's lots of work there to be done we do we we we, we do and by the way i should say isps most almost all of the big isps in UK now do the same as what the mobile companies do. But that doesn't excuse, by the way, uh, what the porn companies not also taking steps. I agree. Because yeah. apart, from anything, apart from anything else, you can turn off those controls. And that doesn't mean, you know, means that kids could still, still get there. Here, here's the thing, though. What we found was that a lot of parents found all, applying all of these filters and all, doing all of these other things too too difficult to understand or too time consuming or whatever so we did try education mm. we did all that and we still do mm -hmm. but the fact is unless it's applied by default and turned on at the beginning it doesn't get taken up and used in the way that it should now everybody must have a right not to use filters right, right? Yeah. no question about that but equally parents shouldn't have to jump through hoops to make a device as safe as it can be for their children. If they want to get rid of the restrictions, they can do that. But that's where they have to jump through the hoops, not the other way around. Yeah, I, I agree so much that I, I also want to turn the screws on the, the people providing the porn. And I, I, I have no <laughs> empathy for them at all. I, I, I It's just, it's the the reason I, folk, I, I try to think of alternate solutions is I just see, so, as I said, I, I just see that if you punish the porn hubs of the world, then the like 
you know, porn A123XXX.XYZ websites will just come out of the woodwork and there'll be so many of them that they will, you know, like the drug dealers of America, they will be unpoliceable. But yeah, I absolutely have no problem turning the screws on the pornographers themselves. Yeah, no. Well, we'll see. We're about to test that to destruction. Great. Okay, so what are the imminent plans that you're talking about when you say that? Well, the we passed this law originally in 2017, yeah, uh, but it got, it got caught up in a in a whole set of political shenanigans to do with Brexit, which uh, it's a disaster and another story. Uh, so, so the government then, uh, after the general election of 2019, said we're going to come back at this again. We're going to deal with social media sites. We're going to deal with the privacy thing. So it's no longer a voluntary code. It's a statutory code. Um, and they produced a bill called the online, well, they called it the online harms bill originally. It's now called the online safety bill. It, it, it went to a joint committee of both houses of parliament, our House of Commons and House of Lords, joint scrutiny committee, who went through it line by line. The joint scrutiny committee published its report on the 14th of December. Um, and the government has got six weeks to respond to what the Joint Scrutiny Committee said about its initial draft bill. And so we're expecting the government's final bill to come back sometime to Parliament to begin its legislative journey sometime in the next uh, five or six weeks. Um, it might be a little bit later. These things are, always take longer than you mm -hmm. expect them to or are told they will. But but the journey is there. Um, and there's there's very... I mean, to be honest, the original draft of the bill wasn't very good. They didn't specifically refer to pornography, but they pretty much conceded that pornography will expressly be included um, as a as an item in the new bill. That's great because I, I didn't realize I'd heard for sorry for jumping in again, but I had heard that, you know, people weren't too pleased with the draft of the online safety bill and they had promised age verification for pornography on social media, but it wasn't really showing up. But it, that, that direction has changed now and we're well, like no, going to get it. The truth is, until we see the actual bill that they're going to bring to Parliament, mm. we don't know for sure. But in mm. ministerial statements, since the first version was published, they've more or less conceded that porn will expressly be included. That's great. Cool. Um, I, I, I probably only have one more question, Lily. Um, if you wanted to have some after that, that would be awesome. Um, is, is France further along then? How do you compare the state of UK to France and then any yeah. of the other countries? If okay. you want to talk about those as well, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we have a thing in Europe. Remember, the UK has left the European Union now. So the this doesn't apply to us anymore. We have to do our own thing. Um, in Europe, they've got the Age um, Audiovisual Media Services Directive, which makes uh, age verification a requirement uh, with all of the 27 EU member states. The problem is it's a slightly weak provision. Uh, but Germany has, has enacted its own law specifically around this question. Uh, France has got a law, and they're already impl they're implementing it too. It's a bit uneven uh, in France, as I so far I've understood it. Poland, uh, it's, again, it's got its own separate initiative. I mean, every, all of the European member states are governed by the AVMSD, but because it's slightly weak, France, Germany, Poland, and other countries are also considering uh, a national uh, initiative which will strengthen it, at least for them. Um, uh, Australia is is considering it at the moment. That's fairly well advanced. The Philippines have adopted a law. South Africa has adopted a law. 
Um, all around, all around the world, people are, are waking up to the possibility that this can be done. I mean, the problem up to, the problem until the Brits did it first, or with gambling, nobody believed it was possible. Nobody ever said, nobody thought that doing age verification on the internet for anything would work. But we showed it could work. By the way, when the British Parliament passed that law on gambling, saying that we you must have age verification if you want a gambling license. There was no such thing as an age verification industry. The law created a market and businesses were incentivized to come into the market to provide age verification solutions. So, you know, again, you don't always know when, where these journeys are going to begin and end. And mm -hmm. I'm sure there are surprises down the road with this as well. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think that's, it's true that you do have to start somewhere and, um, with some exceptions, it's not always the truth. It's not always the case, but sometimes doing something is better than nothing if it can advance people's thinking, even. And and if you and if there are legislative solutions, then we should definitely um, try to try to find them. Yeah, it's true. I, I agree with you. By the way, I agree. Sometimes, sometimes let's do something. It's sometimes better to do nothing uh, than than something. And if the something that you're trying to do is idiotic, but there is reasonable grounds for believing that this something will work. Great. Wonderful. Well, this has been super interesting. I mean, I have so many thoughts spinning around in my head, both just from my conversations with Alexander prior to talking, prior to, talking to you, Mr. Carr. And now I think we can all agree that, you know, age verification isn't going to cover 100% of kids. We can also all agree that that doesn't mean it isn't worth doing, right? And I think just the real questions for me is like, what's the best first step, like I said. So before I was thinking, you know, since if people are actually going to the porn sites, they're already incentivized to get around whatever block they come across. I was thinking maybe the best first step would be with the search engines or the social media where people are more likely to stumble and not have that motivation to get around the block. But I also totally take your point about like, you know, if you start with the porn sites, the source of it, and then that gives you you know, leverage to then go to Google and social media and say, hey, look, like this stuff is banned for under 18s. You need to do something about it too. So I'm really interested to see those steps develop, not just with the porn sites, but with the social media and the search engines. I, did, I didn't know that um, you were seeing something happening with the search engines in UK as well. So I, I guess my last question would just be if you could tell me a little bit more about, um, yeah, what's happening with the search engines in the UK you mentioned it vaguely, but is there any other details that would be important for us to understand about that potential legislation? The It's not legislation. Uh, Google uh, introduced um, adult co content controls into the browser. And I think they, I think some of, I, I'm not sure whether they're turned on by default. I should know mm. this because this is meant to be an area where I'm an expert. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but but the, there are adult content controls now built into the, there always have been built into the browser. Uh, but I think some of the ones which affect the availability of porn sites are now turned on by default. So you can go into the, you can go into the browser and un untick it, and then get unrestricted access to everything. But unless you do that, some elements, at any rate, of adult content are already restricted. How extensively it works, whether it works with the image search that you were referring to earlier, Alexander, I'm not completely sure. I'm, but certainly it's supposed to apply to the websites. Now, if this is done just by Google, that doesn't just apply to UK, yeah. that applies to everywhere or? I, I should know again, I don't. It certainly it certainly is the case in the UK. Okay, okay. Um, 
And if, it, if it's the case in the UK, there's no reason why it shouldn't be the case everywhere. Right. Okay. I'm wondering, yeah, because I know Google already had its safe search function. And I, I wonder if what you're talking about is- That's it. That, that's safe search and that's on by default. Okay. Because I, I remember um, very recently, I realized that- um, safe search was on for me, but I'd never turned it on. So that must be what you're talking about. Now, I wonder if That's what it. we could do is say, don't just have safe, safe search on by default, and then you can flick it off whenever you want, but require people to go through age verification to flick safe search off. Maybe. Yeah. And that like safe search does work to a reasonable extent, because I remember, I mean, I've been researching things related to pornography for my anti-pornography work for a long time, and I would never get like pornographic images. And then one time, I search, I switched safe search off and I would search the same terms I would get before. And I was flooded with pornographic images, right? So if we could require yeah. search engines to verify people's age before they're allowed to flick that off, I think that would cover a, a substantial yeah. part of the problem. Would you agree, Alexander? Or Yeah, I, I think that that would be huge. Um, I, there would be a similar concern that people would go to alternate search engines, but I think that would be much less common um, than people going to other porn sites. Yeah. On my other screen, I've just brought up uh, what is Google Safe Search, and it, it says here that you need to turn it on. Do you know what? It may be the case that it's only turned on by default when you're using your school account for Google mm. or something like that. But the point is, either way, that sort of thing is eminently possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know that we got Google Chromebooks to school issued Google Chromebooks to automatically have yeah. all safety filters on. Um, so yeah. that that's, you know, that's substantial. But again, if it was just defaulted for the entire internet and you had to age verify to get rid of that default filter, that yeah. would be huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's in effect what happens with the mobile phone companies and the ISPs here. You can turn off the filters. They're there. They're on by default, but you have to be the account holder which means that you have to be the adult who's actually got the opened the account. Now, we know that some adults just leave all that stuff to the kids. They tell the kids the password. There's only a, there's a limit to what you can do if, 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 if parents do that. But it is at least an approach that we've used in the UK. Wonderful. Well, this has been great. Uh, any last questions from you, Alexander? I feel like I've learned a ton and we'll continue to sort through all this in my own mind. But I don't think so. I, I think I'm coming away with yeah, as a pre as a as a precedent setting maneuver, I'm totally for the age verification for all these porn websites, and I, I hope it goes through in the UK and other countries, definitely. And here in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you so so much for your time, Mr. Carr. Um, any final last thoughts that you want to share before we wrap up? Uh, no, but I am giving evidence to a committee in the Canadian Parliament oh, right. soon, oh, so you might be. You might be seeing me again. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> Great. We'll tune in. Okay. <laughs> Great pleasure talking to you both. A quick note to our listeners before you all head out. After this conversation with John Carr, I went and did some research to clarify just exactly what was happening with the Google Safe Search settings, uh, since we weren't quite clear on that point during this conversation. So indeed, it was not defaulted for all users of the search engine. It was, as I mentioned, I already knew defaulted for school-issued Google Chromebooks. Um, getting them to do that was an effort that I was uh, marginally involved in. So I knew that had happened, but what I didn't know and was good news is that it was defaulted for not just the school-issued Google Chromebooks, but any signed-in user of the Google search engine whose account date of birth placed them at under 18. Now, 
Of course, those dates of birth for the account aren't actually verified. There's no meaningful age verification in that process, so anyone could enter whatever date of birth they wanted. And then the other problem is that you don't necessarily have to be signed into an account to use the Google search engine. You can use a guest browser or even an incognito window, which we know is one of the main ways people will watch porn these days. So the controls really aren't going to stop someone who does want to watch porn, even if they are under 18. As I said, what I'd really be interested in potentially seeing happen is legislation that would require search engines across the board, not just Google, but all search engines to not only default safety filters like Safe Search On, but also to verify someone's age before they're able to turn it off. That would have a huge impact for sure. And I guess we'll see if something like that could be possible in the future. Anyway, that does wrap up our discussion for today. I hope you found it educational. I certainly did. And as always, if you appreciate the Questioning Pornography podcasts, you're most welcome to support us on Patreon. You'll find the link for that in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you come back and I hope you have a great day. Bye, everyone.